Bless and good morning to everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. New month, July the 1st, first day of July. Here's what's uh, the guest menu, what's coming up here on the Coles Brown Show. Of course, we'll be joined by guest co-host Charles Edmund. Also in our number one, the former All-American quarterback now coaching at Southern University, Coach Willie Totten, the quarterback's coach. He'll join us in our number one schedule right after our first break. Following Coach Totten, Chris Davis, um, Southern University defensive back, cornerback. He'll join us at the bottom of our number one. Uh, Chris Davis is looking forward to a big, big season. Then in hour number two, Gerald J. Huggins will join the show for the first, first time. And boy, looking at his bio, it's true. It, it, it's tremendous to say the least. He'll join us um, on the show. And I'll give you more information on uh, Gerald J. Huggins. Impressive, impressive resume and bio. And then... Uh, last but not least, we'll visit with uh, Jean Lee Betros. Now, who is she? She is the executive uh, director of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association, and also uh, the Youth Development Foundation that's part of MLB and MLBPA. That's Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players Association. Now, they're putting on a very Good event coming up on July 7th, the HBCU Swingman Classic. It's going to be uh, during All-Star Week, and it will be in Seattle, July 7th. So she will join us on today's show. Uh, we introduce now Charles Epman. Charles, uh, good morning to you. Welcome once again. Good morning. Happy Saturday. And we are in the first day of July and the countdown is on 17 days until SWAC football media day. I can't wait. Well, a lot to talk about as far as uh, SWAC media day, but when you look at it, uh, it, it kind of signifies, I'll let you know that, Hey, college football is on its way. And as we talked on this show uh, several times, numerous times, Football, no matter what sport, football, basketball, student athletes train all year round. But when SWAC Football Media Day gets closer, it signifies, hey, fall camp is right around the corner. So with that said, here's what's trending on the Carlos Brown show. The United States Supreme Court may dismantle affirmative action. And that is a huge thing. I, I'm not surprised because of the makeup of the court, Supreme Court. Charles, I'm not surprised that the ruling came down. But I look at it like this now. It's an opportunity for HBCUs to uh, increase enrollment. But also, presently, a lot of the HBCUs will have to update their infrastructure to accommodate, in my opinion, an uptick in, in enrollment. And so, although this has happened, look at it as an opportunity for HBCUs to really, really uh, take advantage of this. And, and I've often said that we've got to make sure HBCUs are still uh, viable, 
and relevant a thousand years from now. Of course, Charles, me and you won't be here, but it's still important. It is an important mission. Now, more than ever, HBCUs are relevant and are needed. So, administrators, athletic directors, and, and oh, thinking about that, Charles, uh, yesterday, even from an athletic standpoint, maybe, just maybe now, student-athletes, African-Americans will look at HBCUs in a different light because of the su Supreme Court decision. Come on home. Come back home. That's the way I look at it. Also, Division One Council proposes changes to membership requirements. If you want to leave FCS or you want to upgrade to FBS, there are certain things that you're going to have to do to be able to transition to that move. That's what's trending on the Carlos Brown show. But, but, but Charles, uh, affirmative action, Supreme Court, they've made their decision. Now the ball is in HBCUs and African-American people. The ball is in our court now. What will we do? Yeah, I mean, I think um, clearly it's sending a message that, you know, as far as, and you talked about infrastructure, and it's something I, I deal with on a daily basis um, at Alcorn. It's always a, a topic of conversation. It's a topic of conversation about HBCUs. Remember a few years ago with the pandemic, there was a downtick in enrollment. Mm -hmm. And the infrastructure was loosened a little bit because you had enough capacity. But now what you're going to see in the future is, uh, I think, a tremendous uptick. And let's just be honest, infrastructure improvements and upgrades don't come quickly. No, it's but you got to do it. You, oh, yeah, yeah. you have to do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not debating yeah. it needs to be done. But I, I'm just talking about the speed of which it needs to be done, and you know there needs to be you know conversations had in terms of having to get with our legislative leaders, our administrators to try to make sure that that uh, there's an increase in speed on getting some of these uh, projects done in terms of new dormitories and. Just, just improving the infrastructure all around because it's it's something now that we'll have to deal with. You kind of felt like that, and that's a good thing, actually, because more enrollment means what? More money for the universities, and it trickles down, more money for athletics. So, you you know, again, you have to be able to accommodate the infrastructure as it happens, as enrollment increases. It's a good thing, and let's see if we can, you know, get things up to speed, get things done a little bit quicker pace to where we can accommodate the uptick in, in enrollment for our schools. And I think that's that's a good thing. If you love HBCUs, you love to see this, and hopefully we can accommodate it. Yeah, I, I'm going to go into um, my messenger, and um, a, a Southern alum texts me, and I'm, I'm just going to read uh, my answer back. The question was about affirmative action, and he said, are you going to have that as a topic? And I said, basically, I'm going to uh, mention it. Um, but this Supreme Court is political. And it is. I knew that it would dismantle affirmative action. However, it's an opportunity for HBCUs to reach out to African-American and other ethnic uh, students to see what academic opportunities HBCUs have to offer. With that said, our institutions will have to upgrade, up, 
they their curriculum facilities to handle, I believe, the uptick in upcoming and upcoming higher enrollments. We don't have the infrastructure in place right now to accommodate an increasing enrollment. I will mention this on the show tomorrow. And, you know, that's just, you know, how my opinion on, on everything. It, 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 it's, again, an opportunity yeah. uh, to um, make it right. And, you know, administrators, my advice to them would be still be transparent, communicate with alums. And, and, and by the way, alums, this is a time now. We've always talked about giving back and helping, you know, financially. Now, more than ever, our institutions need us. They really do. And so administrators, be transparent. If there are problems, let let your alums and supporters know. You control the narrative because when you don't, then speculation happens. People can still give their opinions. But once again, I think it's an excellent opportunity and no, it won't happen overnight, but strategically, a long-term plan, short-term plans, what can you do now? But uh, as alums, we, we've got to help and give back. Need us more than ever. And, and then another thing, Charles, we as a people, we're strong. Look at the situations that we've had to go through. You know, Jim Crow. You know, politically, you're attacked. Financially, you're attacked. And by the way, HBCUs are owed millions, billions of dollars that they haven't got from the state. So when you mention, you know, uh, coming and, and getting help from maybe the legislative black caucuses in each state from a national standpoint, we're going to need everybody to, to, to pitch in. But we're strong people. And in spite of every uh, roadblock that's been put in front of us, as a people, we've overcome that. And so it's in our DNA. We're strong. We just got to make sure we stay together and fight this. But, yeah, that political, uh, so that Supreme Court is political. And if they say they don't, they're supposed to be objective. Okay. Enough of that, Charles. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I I could go on, but I don't want to turn it into a political show. Yeah. But, uh, you know opportunity to take advantage of it hbcus well and that and on another note kind of pertaining to um colleges and universities and students what about the student loan forgiveness that was that was a part of the supreme court's decision too the student loan forgiveness program that's going to have an impact so mm -hmm. i mean you, you you hate to tie one to the other but unfortunately that's just the world that we're in politics are in our day you talk about being in our dna Politics is in our DNA. Just about everything is political now. You have to look at, I mean, college president selections, AD selections. I mean, look at the number of schools that are looking for a president right now. Jackson State, Alcorn, I think Bethune-Cookman, uh, Prairie View's president, Dr. Simmons stepped down. I mean, they're, you know, they're getting back there. So all these things have to be put in play. And you talk about the infrastructure, what needs to be done now with affirmative action. What will help with that is stable leadership and getting permanent uh, presidents in place to be able to get the ball rolling with that. So there's a lot of moving pieces to, to this whole wheel that, that we talk about. 
and and it starts at the top. So hopefully we can we can get those folks in place so we can continue to get the ball rolling. Southern just hired a president chancellor recently, so it's mm-hmm. it's 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 going to be an interesting dynamic for sure. Got to have good leadership and got to be held accountable. Hold them accountable, and it's a multi it's a multifaceted problem. And it will take multifaceted solutions. We're going to take a quick timeout. Coach Totten is already in waiting. We'll visit with Coach Willie Totten, Southern University quarterback coach. When we come back, you're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Pulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, uh, Charles, uh, during the break, uh, just got some breaking news, although um, we will visit with Coach Petaway hopefully next week. He was on vacation today. Uh, NBA free agency has started, and um, during the break, I just kind of got a, a text, an update that uh, Damon Lillard has requested a trade, and that's courtesy of NBA um, TV and his two preferred destinations, Miami Heat and Brooklyn. And that's going to be interesting because you see a lot of movement and a lot of pieces have happened already. But we you know in, in free agency, um, 
most of the people that opt out of their contracts, they usually stay with their their organization, their their team. And you kind of have seen that already. But then you have a, a couple of um, surprising moves that uh, like uh, Brown out of Denver, he took a, a, a nice significant pay raise and, and now he's with the Indiana Pacers. Miami Heat lost Max Strauss and Gabe Vincent. So that's uh, that's the breaking news. But let me let me do this. Coach Totten is waiting. So let me introduce to you Coach Willie Totten. Hey, actually, I don't know if he needs an introduction. Um, An outstanding quarterback at Mississippi Valley State, now coaching. And um, it's going to be interesting to pick his brain, get his perspective on everything. Coach Totten, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Carlos. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. You're you're looking good. Um, um, I'm sure you have a busy weekend ahead, so we appreciate the time. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate the opportunity. I know we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Um, You know, I've been been pretty busy since I've been on the bluff, and um, now I'm I'm here for my family reunion also. But but, um, uh, my word is my word, and I gave you my word that I'll be on the show, and I'm excited to to, to let you guys know what what I'm thinking about. Very very good. So uh, with that being said, and there's nothing like family, Coach Titan. Nothing like family. Um, right. Your days, of course, and I'm sure you've you've been accessed millions of times. Um, your career in Mississippi Valley State as a quarterback, uh, throwing to uh, some guy named Jerry Rice. Uh, and not just Jerry Rice, but <laughs> other receivers as well. In this conference, you've seen it all. What is the difference you think now in the conference compared to when you uh, played as a, as a student athlete in in the conference at Mississippi Valley State? I, I, I guess one of the things I see different is really back when we were throwing the football. Uh, there were very, very few teams that was doing that. Um, you know, we seen uh, and Cooley uh, with his brilliant mind with the spread offense and five receivers. Uh, I think that's the difference now. Everybody's doing it. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when you when you got the athletes that you can put on the field and you can create a lot of mismatches, uh, a lot of coaches are, you know. It, Football is, is nothing but a, a copycat uh, a sport. So uh, it worked then. Uh, now coaches are using it, and, and now it's working now. So I think that's the difference. Uh, when we when we ran the offense, uh, we pretty much were the only team that was doing just a spread offense. But now everybody's doing it. <laughs> Charles, he's absolutely right. Everybody. And um, Coach Totten, we've had um, – discussions off the record, but we'll bring it on the record. Uh, the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. You played the position. What are some of the things or characteristics that a quarterback has to have in Coach Titan's room? Some of the things that you look at. Well, well, first, first, uh, you know, he has to, to be a student of the game. Um, you know, he has to be a person who who want to study film. Um, 
You want to be a person who want to be good. And, you know, another thing is character. I think you have to, you have to have great character in order to play the position um, because we know that the position not not for everybody. Everybody want to play quarterback, but everybody can't play quarterback. Uh, and I and I tell those guys in the uh, leadership, you know, you gonna have you a leader whether you want to be a leader or not. Uh, it's just because of the demand of the position, uh, and those are the things. And, and and plus, you have to have the athletic ability uh, to be able to perform and be able to throw the football like we would like you to. And that comes from recruiting. I mean, you go out and recruit the kid that you're looking for. And uh, hopefully some of those uh, things that that's what you look for in them. Uh, if you don't, we got to develop it. Uh, and, and that's what I try to do. But if you don't want to watch film and you don't want to be a, a gym rat, it's kind of hard to play quarterback at this level now because everybody's good. Defense of disguising, uh, they give you a different look. And, and you have to be a gym rat. Coach Tyton, so are you saying it's, it's more of a, a, a balance? I mean, the athletic ability, we know about that. Mental uh, ability, the preparation, and, and then able to, 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 to study. Though it, 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 you have to have a balance of those three, correct? I, I think so. I think if you, you know, you have a lot of quarterbacks who, who can play the game, but they can't think the game. Hmm. Uh, now is is thinking. You 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 have to be able to manage uh, the offense. You have to be able to manage the guys around you. You on that field, just like you are a coach. Uh, if you don't uh, prepare, uh, you won't be ready. You know, a lot of times guys try to use their athletic ability to try to to get over. But uh, that used to be good. You used to could do that. Uh, but now you you can't. It's hard to do that. Now you have to study your opponent. You have to know your opponent, and and the only way you're going to do that, you got to study them. And and now if a quarterback is not prepared to do that, he's going to have a hard time because um, you know every week you have a scouting report. Uh, teams are uh, are scouting you. They know your your strengths and they know your weaknesses, and you have to be prepared to be prepared to to counter that. So I, I think it's going more to the mental part than, than the physical part. And, you know, Charles, it's interesting. Me and you have had a discussion, and we'll, we'll ask Coach uh, Totten what he thinks about him. Um, Dual-threat quarterbacks. Coach Totten, my definition is that a, a dual-threat quarterback can do both equally well, his athleticism and also make all of the throws. But then you have quarterbacks that are more athletic, or an athlete playing at, at quarterback. What is your definition, Coach Titan, of a dual threat quarterback? I, I think I think a dual threat quarterback is, is, is great. Um, it's good to have one, um, but but I, I like that quarterback who who can sit in that pocket though and throw the football um, because now you you have def, uh, defenses that uh, guy that can run uh, and you know you. I need a quarterback to run when he need to, but not run just to be running. And uh, I think a lot of time a dual threat quarterback, uh, if it's not there, he'll pull it down and run. And, and, and instead of taking the extra time to, to read the coverage and throw. Um, and, and that's what I try to develop in, in my quarterbacks. And dual threat quarterback is good, but I like a, a dual threat quarterback 
that want to throw instead of run. Hey, I'd say let the church say amen, Charles. <laughs> um, you know, I've been saying you got to make be able to make all the throws. Throw first, run second. Not run first, and then just forget about throwing. But, Charles, I'm sure you have a question or two for I am so happy for Coach Totten. I am so happy for Coach Totten because every time I make a trip to Mississippi Valley, I hear Coach Totten's name, and just I'm just waiting for Coach Totten to be in a position where he can do what he does, which is coach quarterbacks. Um, to talk a little bit about just getting that call from Coach Dooley. You know, you've been around this league a long time. I have a poster in my office, Coach Totten that's been blown up uh, an aerial shot of veterans Memorial stadium back in the eighties when all corn played Valley. And they right. said that was the largest crowd in the history of Memorial stadium. There's an aerial shot of it. I have a poster of that. Um, just talk about getting an opportunity to do what you've been waiting for to get on the sidelines to coach quarterbacks, albeit not at your alma mater, Mississippi Valley, but being a part of uh, the SWAC and Southern university. I, I tell you, it's, 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 it's great, you know, that uh, you're talking about that area shot of that stadium. I, I also I have that that shot as well. Um, you know, when, you know, football is, 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 is fun. I mean, that's why you have to always, you know, uh, be true to the game um, and try to always try to perfect your craft. And, you know, I, I've been a head coach been offensive coordinator. I've coached quarterbacks at other schools and and I also I coached the running back. So so to 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 have the experience at coaching the position um it is it, always good to to be able to do that. But when Coach Dooley called me, um, you know, Coach and I we have always talked and I have always admired uh his offense um because I'm a I'm a pass oriented guy myself. Uh, when I was a coordinator, you know, I, I, I like to throw the football when I had Aries Nelson and Tyrone Timmons, those guys, were, they were pretty good. Uh, and, and Coach Dooley, uh, with his wisdom and his, his knowledge of the passing game, uh, it was almost like a, a dream come true. Uh, you know, I, I, I try it, and people ask me all the time, you know, you've been a head coach, and why would you want to go back and be a position coach? Um but you know, I've been I've been a student of the game, and, and you always want to learn. And uh, when I was at Alabama A and M, I, I coached the quarterbacks and the running backs. Um, but now, and and then when I was at offensive coordinator at Clark, I coached the quarterbacks as well. But but now to be a part of a system uh, like what Coach Dooley has is 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 almost like you know a goose give goosebumps because <laughs> that he's doing. There's a lot of things that I, I did when I was a coordinator. So it just kind of fit. I mean, when Coach Dooley called me, it was a no-brainer for me. Uh, I was coaching. I was an assistant head coach, and I was an offensive coordinator at Minnesota North up in Minnesota, Ely, Minnesota. Uh, yeah. And I know when Coach called me, uh, that, that, I tell you what, that cold weather uh, uh, helped make that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been a Minnesota coach. I agree with you on that. That cold weather up there is nothing is is nothing nice. Right, man, I tell you, it was cold in the summertime. So uh, <laughs> it was great. Uh, I, I think it's almost like a match made in heaven. Coach called me, 
uh, and we talked about football. And we had talked uh, uh, before then, talk about, you know, just matching wits with each other, talking about offense, giving some ideas on some things that I like to do. And, and I was kind of picking his brain about some things that he liked to do as well. Uh, and that, I think when the opportunity presented itself, I think it, 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 it was perfect timing. Uh, I was looking to uh, and hoping to, to leave Minnesota, and when I got that call, it was it was, it was timing perfect. So uh, I'm excited of being on the bluff. Uh, I'm excited of being working with Coach Dooley, and and, uh, and we already have started matching with. You know, we already put some stuff in uh, that people are going to see different um, this year. So uh, I'm thrilled to wait to see how it's going to materialize and. And uh, hopefully, it's going to be good for us. Well, Charles, that that leads me into this. Um, talking about some things implemented already. The the quarterback room. We've talked about what characteristics that you you look at in, in determining uh, your quarterbacks. But now, can uh, Coach Titan? Can we uh, just talk about uh, the, the the quarterback? room at Southern University. Um, I think it's a lot of talent and, and a lot of people have uh, thought about the, the position of quarterback. So if you can speak on, on, on the quarterback room and, and um, what talent and characteristics is in that room for you. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Um, when I first stepped on campus back in March, uh, coach told me, he said, coach, you got to, you have a good room. Um, you have a good room of guys who, who really want to learn, who, who guys who have the ability to, to be great, uh, just need to put that touch on it. So uh, when I first met the guys in the room, I, I felt real good about them. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, inexperience in the room, uh, guys who have had playing time but not a, a lot of playing time. Um, so, so that was challenging and I knew that was going to be challenging for me when I first stepped in the room and, you know, and guys are eager to, to learn. And, and just like I told them when I first got there, I, you know, I'm not a big guy talking about myself and, you know, and I just tell you, Google me. And I told the guys to go and Google, Google me and, and whatever they see, that's what they see. So, uh, they were pretty pleased and, and uh, with what they read on the, on the internet about myself and, and uh, they knew they had a guy in the room that that was gonna get them to the next level, and and that's what I tell them. I said, look, man, I'm here to. Uh, I coach the position. I coach the quarterback position. I don't coach individuals. I coach the quarterback position. If you're playing quarterback, you gonna know everything about the position. Um, and that's the way I approached it. I have always approached it that way. But but I feel real good about the guys in the room. Uh, I feel good about the. Uh, the two new guys that we have, the two freshman guys that we have also. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to wait to see those guys perform in the fall. But but I, I think the three guys that we started out, we started out with four uh, in the room in the spring. I think uh, uh, Blood, uh, I think, is, 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 is definitely going to be a good one. I think Noah is also going to be a good one. And, and we got Dylan. Um, it's going to be a good one. Chris uh, kind of was in the spring. Chris Tucker was with us in the spring. Uh, but Chris kind of fell off a little, came up a little short academically. So we end up with three guys that, that coming out of the spring with me. Uh, and I kind of had an opportunity to, to view those guys, kind of study those guys and, and know what I need to do to get those guys to the next level and get those guys better and get those guys ready to play. So 
Uh, each guy bring a different uh, uh, flavor. Each guy bring a different style uh, to the game. And uh, like I told Coach Dooley, uh, we'll have two quarterbacks I know ready to play uh, in the fall. Uh, and that third guy, I'll be ready to go if his name is Carl. But, but right now, we, we, we still in that early process of making sure they understand how to play the position first. Uh, I know you can throw. I know you understand. But I want you to understand how to, to play the position in terms of uh, ball placement, timing routes, uh, knowing when to get the ball out, when to step up, when to run, when not to run. Um, those are the things that we're, we're, we're doing right now. Coach, I had a question for you in terms of the quarterback rooms. We've seen this throughout the league uh, in terms of how many quarterbacks. You know, you, you've heard the old saying that if you got three quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. You know, last year there was a team in this league that had six quarterbacks on the roster. In terms of quality and quantity, you know, I know back in the day probably it was a couple, um, you know, back in the Steve McNair era you had two. What, what's what's an optimum number? Can you have too many quarterbacks on the roster? Because teams are looking all over the country looking for quarterbacks. I mean, you can have three, four, five. For you, what what is an optimum number for your quarterback room? Or is is there an optimum number? I, I, I think it all depends on the head coach. I mean, um, if the head coach, uh, like a lot of quarterbacks, uh, I think it really it starts there. Um, but we have we have right now we have five guys in the room. Uh, I think five guys is 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 enough uh, to to get ready for a season uh, because a lot goes on. You know, want to throw the football and you throw the football a lot. Um, I think you need those arms, especially during training camp where you just don't wear a guy out during training camp. And, but you want to give everybody equal opportunity to show what they can do. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to come down and make a decision on one guy who's really going to be getting most of the snaps when the season starts. So um, I don't really have a, 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 a really a number, um, but, but, but I know you can't go in the game uh, with one. Uh, mm-hmm. you go one quarterback, I think you, you set yourself up for, for failure because anything can happen. Helmet can come off guy come out of the game for a play you got a guy who's not prepared go in and uh fumble the football or throw an interception depending on what you're looking for uh but the game is so competitive now you you want that room to be competitive you don't want a guy to just uh feel that he has it made and and not going to prepare uh, i think when you got a competitive room that means guys are every day guys are uh, preparing to uh, because you can lose the job at any time. So I think when you got three or four good quarterbacks in the room and you're pushing, everybody is pushing each other for, to play, I think that's what keeps their quarterback sharp. You know, and that's interesting because, you know, we've talked before over the years, um, competition, great thing. I agree. You, you need to have competition. And – a lot of coaches, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Coach Titan, they have an idea who are going to be stars, but you want that competition. The number two, the backup, no matter what position, that is a battle that you like to see as far as competition in camp as well. Because as you stated, your injury away, uh, something could happen. I think you told me um, weeks ago that, uh, what, you won t- one game and lost two or oh. three? 
Four, my goodness, four quarterbacks. Four quarterbacks. I, I'll never forget it. Uh, uh, we played, and uh, you know, either guy got knocked out with a concussion. We had guys get knocked out with a concussion. Uh, we had one to come in and, and got his hurt his knee, uh, and then the other guy came and twisted his ankle. So we were down to our fifth quarterback. That's very rare that that happens, but but it can happen. So, and I always fall back on that and I always use that as an example. So you have to guy have to guy have to get guys ready to play. Um so uh if you got if you got quality quarterbacks and and guys that can play, they just wait their opportunity um uh, to play and, and that's what you want. Uh and then you don't have to worry about a guy no matter time kids uh they mess up, they know you're gonna play them regardless because they don't have anybody else. Uh, but when you got guys in the room that is competitive and guys who want to play, now you, you have a chance to keep that guy who's a starter uh, on his toes. Well, you know, uh, someone has already texted me about um, the the opportunity. So fall camp, as far as quarterback, will after fall camp, we'll decide who will come out of the room number one. That's what they, they want to know. Uh, Pretty much. I, I mean, I mean, if, if, if I had to say uh, now, I think I think there's no doubt. I think blood uh, really, really has, has an edge right now. Um, uh, just just from his uh, evaluation from the spring, um, you know, I, I, I evaluate the guys every day. Uh, and also I gave him a grade after the spring. So if, if I had to say that blood would be probably the leading guy going into camp. Uh, but but I tell you, Noah and also Dylan uh, having a great uh, – uh, uh, they had a great camp too. It wasn't that far apart in terms of the grade. Um, and also, you know, I'm excited to see what these two young guys can do. Um, the, the key to those two young guys, though, coming in and learning the system. Uh, the system is not hard, but it's a fast system. Uh, you're not coming in, you're not uh, prepared or used to – the up tempo and the fast tempo that we that we play, it could be a little difficult. But but those guys, uh, they 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 have talent. Uh, I'm excited to to work with those guys and and see what what they got. And I'm just excited for camp. I mean, you know, excited coming out of spring. Uh, I felt we got quarterbacks that can lead us to uh, a championship, uh, and and that's what you have to have. I told Coach Dooley. We came out of spring. I said, I will have uh, these guys ready to play uh, come September uh, when we play Alabama State. Uh, but it's a process. We all know it's a process, uh, and and the guys are in, in engaged in that. They uh, they they taking coaching, uh, and that's what you want going into uh, the, the spring. Kind of you have an idea of where you're going. But the fall really going to determine exactly where you're going because you can have guys who can step up. Noah can very easily step up and, and push blood out of the way. Uh, same thing with Dylan. Dylan can do the exact same thing. But it's a mindset. Guys who are prepared, guys who who, who work over the summer. The summer is going to be very important. Those mm-hmm. guys working summer. I got all, all those three of those guys are uh, there working during the summer now because they know when the fall comes, it's going to be competitive. Uh, because we want to last year uh, the uh, Southern they finished second in in total offense. We want to finish first in total offense, and, uh, and that's going to 
be because we're going to have a quarterback who know exactly what he's doing, where he's going with the football, uh, and, and, and get it to the playmakers. Well, that being said, um, Coach Todd, it sounds like to me, and I'm going to put words in your mouth, but uh, the freshmen will have an opportunity to compete for the number one spot, correct? There's no doubt. I mean, that's that's the way that's the way Coach Dooley told me. He said, Coach, he said, look, I'm, I'm, I know about quarterbacks, but I hired you as the quarterback coach. I'm gonna get out of the way. I, I have confidence in you, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna decide, and you're gonna help me decide who's gonna be the quarterback. Because at the end of the day, it's gonna be all to, it's gonna come down to uh, who uh, Coach Dooley want to play, and 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 we're gonna do it on a grading system. Uh, we will we will have a grade for each guy, uh, so now they can know and they exactly where they are and what they're doing. So yeah, we we're gonna play the best football player. We're going to – whoever, if, if he's a freshman or senior or junior, it doesn't matter. We're going to play the best because, like I say, I coach the position. I don't coach the individual. I coach the position. If you're the best quarterback uh, in that position, you will be the best quarterback. That You'll be the quarterback that's going to play. On that note, Coach Totten, we appreciate the time. I didn't know how long we would talk, but um, I know I'm long-winded, and um, I think Charles will agree with that. And um, we'll let you uh, get ready to enjoy your family activities. Um, what do you think you're going to eat, Coach Totten? Everything, or you have some favorites? <laughs> Brother, uh, they 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 find up the grill right now, so uh, whatever they got on the grill, I'm ready for it. So uh, I try to hold it down for the uh, you know during this time anyway. You don't want to eat too much, um, so you can be ready for the, the following week, but. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see my brothers and sisters and, and my uh, nieces and nephews and just have that, that camaraderie and, and have that fun. On that note, we appreciate the time, Coach Todd. And go enjoy yourself. Uh, thanks for coming on the Carlos Brown Show. And uh, that was Coach Todd. Interesting. Um, if you like the interview, you can, of course, comment. Let me know in the chat room. And um, also uh, like uh, Black College Sports Network and the Coles Brown Show. Our next guest has been patiently waiting. So we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll visit with Southern University cornerback Chris Davis. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. 
We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. I don't think you could control yourself if you would have been in that atmosphere. Oh my God. Oh man. Hey, I hate, I hate it. I hate it. I, and and you know what? Grambling is playing LSU. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have another crack. I, I won't be able to make it, but man, to be amongst the 102,000 that was there and it looked like it was a hundred thousand plus there. I mean, that, that was absolutely awesome. You know, to, to at least, see that i mean it's yeah we all know what happened as far as the game is concerned but just the atmosphere you know that's something that you just can't beat well we're gonna bring up now our next guest who played in that atmosphere last year cornerback chris davis 
joins us on the show. Chris, um, still morning time. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the Carlos Brown Show. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure having you. Uh, Charles was just talking about it. And by the way, uh, Chris, he calls the games for Alcorn State University. He's a grandma graduate. So we're just going to get that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) And we know grandma's playing LSU this year. But um, talk about that that atmosphere. You played it, and uh, you did very well in that uh, that football game. Sure did, sure did. Um, that experience is crazy, man. It's, it's like no other in that that um, environment. Death Valley, man. I was I was running out there. I was getting chill bumps as I'm walking out of there, man. Wow, the crowd's going nuts, man. I, I just I, I, that's that's what I dreamed for growing up, man. Being in that environment, so it's it's crazy that that it came true, and it was just so real, man. Yeah. <laughs> And Chris, another game that I believe will give you chill bumps. That's you uh, pick six in the in the Bayou Classic there, and uh, uh, talk about that play. I mean, <laughs> you've had several pick six last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, man, it was just it's a crazy experience, man. Like like I said, it's a dream. Like it's a dream to um, just make a play like that when uh, the game on the line. You know what I'm saying? It just put that nail in the coffin. Crazy! I just just looked up. I'm in the uh, Saints on field, so it's just crazy, man. Like, like I said, like I, I dream for playing like that. I manifest all the time for it to come like that. It's crazy, man. Well, you know, you also have uh, teammates on that side of the ball. Um, the guys up front, you know, you lost, of course, Dumas, but you have Taj Brown coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this defense you were part of. Finished second in the conference. Um, talk about your teammates, teammates, and getting that pressure up front that helps out the back end of the defense, and um, you guys going into this 2023 football season. Uh, also, talk about the, the defense and what you guys are hoping to achieve. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but like, man, the defensive line helped us tremendously. You know what I'm saying? The pressure that they give. Uh, it allows the um, allow the DBs to um, the cover. Um, allows the well, it don't allow the quarterback to um, just stay in the pocket all day. It um, it creates them to try to force passes, and that be allow us to you know what I'm saying to make the play. So you know what I'm saying those guys up front, those, those guys really helped us out big time. Um, as far as this year, I feel like it was gonna be the same thing. Um, we got some pretty good guys up there. You know what I'm saying? We got Gilman's coming back. Like I said, Taj Brown coming back. We got a few transfers. There's going to be some dogs up there. Uh, as far as the, uh, the DB room, um, we're looking good. Like I said, we got a lot of vets coming back. Uh, Jordan Carter going to be back there. Um, Rodney Johnson. Um, Demetri Marcel, he didn't get a chance to play last year, but he's transferred from uh, Bowie State. Um, All-American. He, he's, he's a great guy, great guy to be around. So, you know what I'm saying? We've been uh, playing together. Um, we just look good. Like I said, we flying around, making plays. You know, been in the system for a year now. You know what I'm saying? You can tell. So, I feel like this year we're going to be real good. Uh, the linebacker room, we got Derrick Williams. Uh, oh, no, I understand Der- Derrick Williams. You know, and I do that as well. I'm trying to think of uh, – it's it's another linebacker, and then of course you had some that came in via the uh, the transfer portal. And yeah. um, as I stated, this this defense played played well. 
I mean, they were second in the conference behind uh, uh, Jackson State. But you mentioned uh, Marcel. Mm-hmm. Now, I, intriguing. Bowie State, Jordan's quarter, teammate. Yes. What? Well, I know he was kind of, you know, dealing with some injuries. Uh, talk about him as a, as a, as a, I know an athlete, but uh, from a personal standpoint, what did he bring to, uh, to the DB room? Uh, his IQ. Uh, he's a he's a great player. Like I said, his IQ and he really know the game. He's been around the game a long time, so I feel like that's a big part of his game. Um, his versatility. Um, he got good uh, footwork. Um, so and he's also a ball hawk. You know, so he can always make a play on the ball. And that's that's always what you want as a cornerback, uh, a DB. Anyways, you know what I'm saying to be a ball hawk. So he's a great player. I feel like he's gonna make some big plays for us this year. Charles, jump right in there, sir. Yeah, um, what the one thing that I noticed about Southern's defense, it just seemed to get better as the year went on. That Bayou Classic game was the one that just sold it for me. You know, I'm a Grambling grad, of course, uh, but your defense in the second half really, just when Grambling had a little momentum, your defense stepped up. You know, what's what's the one thing that you learned about last season? You played for the championship, came up short. And then try to get over the hump this year. What, what what were some lessons learned and some things that you can improve upon as your team gets ready for the upcoming season? Uh, like you said, like you said, it took a little minute for us to get in our groove. I feel like if we hit the home run at first, you know, right off the bat, uh, I feel like we should be good because you know, what I'm saying you always need that confidence and that momentum leading up to the uh, end of the year. And that's you know, what I'm saying that's that's important, especially when we start getting into uh, uh, sweat playing on our side of the. You know, Charles and Chris, um, during a season, you got to overcome adversity and talk about, you know, the, some of the opponents. Were there certain teams you had to prepare for more, in your opinion, or did you take um, every week the same preparation to um when you went against other teams or was there one team that kind of stood out more when you were doing your preparation, looking at film? Uh, nah, nah. Every team, you know what I'm saying? We evaluate the same way. Um, we don't take no team. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, every week, every week we watch film, you know what I'm saying? We, we look at the pros and cons of what they can do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like I said, every week we, we make sure we stood out on it. And we don't take nobody for uh, like, Yes. Um, playing for the defensive coordinator, Coach Miller, how is that working with him? And, um, you know, we, we see him, you know, just from the professional standpoint on, on the field, but off the field for as the person he is, how is it? Uh, how is he? Uh, I love him, man. He's um, he like a second father to me, you know what I'm saying? He, he take us in. You know what I'm saying? He do uh, different stuff for us off the field. Um, on the field, like, like he's really aggressive. He, he's an aggressive play caller. He loves to um, blitz. He loves to play man. Uh, I love it about him. Uh, and that's how I am. I got that same personality. I want to be able to get in your face and, you know what I'm saying, be aggressive with you. So. Interesting. Um, you had a great season last year, but every time I bring on a student athlete, I, I ask them this question. What do you feel like you can improve on 
coming on into this year, and then uh, and then I'll follow up with um, summer conditioning because that that's important and it's all year. Uh, situation as far as that, but uh, what do you think you can improve on this upcoming season? Uh, honestly, I want to be able to uh, improve on my, uh, my leadership. I want to be more vocal. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's that's a big step for me because I'm not really a big speaker. I like to uh, lead by example. So mm-hmm. I feel like me taking that big step and being more vocal. You know what I'm saying? Uh, talking to my teammate, letting them know how I feel. I feel like. That's what should be a, a big step for me this year. That's what I'm really trying to work on. Very interesting. Very interesting uh, answer. Um, a- as we close, and we appreciate the time uh, you you coming on. Um, who is a who is someone that the Jaguar Nation maybe doesn't know about that you know is going to be on the team, whether it's in the DB room or on the defensive offense? Give us a. Uh, a, a person, a, a student athlete that we should not be surprised that will have an impact coming up for the 2023 football season, in your opinion? Uh, one of the uh, teammates I feel like that's going to have a pretty good season is uh, Harold Blood, quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Me and him came together. Um, we spent time on the bench together, you know what I'm saying? Learning, growing, being like a sponge. Uh, that's also my fraternity brother, too, as well, my uh, roommate. Obviously, he played quarterback. I played DB, so we have a lot of conversations together. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, <laughs> a competition too. I mean, you know, a lot of competition, <laughs> a lot of a lot of trash talk. We really get out there, and I feel like that's that only makes us better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can ask him what the quarterback, what, what the quarterback thinking in his head during this play, and he come up to me and be like, "Hey, what, what you were doing in this play? Like, how how, do, how would you play this?" So you know, what I'm saying? we just be picking each other brains. I feel like that's what's all about. And I feel like this year he's going to really set himself apart. So I'm excited to see what he can do. That's going to be interesting. Now, you see the other guy that you're talking to. Now, you'll you'll be at the reservation in Lorman this year. Make sure he he, he gets you for a pregame uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in interview. And, um, uh, oh, boy, going to Alcorn the first time in a couple of years, that's always an interesting trip. Have, have you been there in your career so far? Yes, my uh, freshman year, we went there uh, twice. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I understand. Trust crazy me. Crazy environment. We lost twice, but, man. Yeah. Crazy environment, man. I don't know. The last time we went up there, it's crazy environment, always loud. Yeah. Was that what, Was that the first WAC championship game? Oh, you know, yes. he's going to get that second. in there. <laughs> Go ahead. And, and the second one. 19. Yeah, that, that's that's the one that Javon Morrison had to kick off return, I, I, I believe. Mm, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That was I a huge you, play in the game. Yeah. I tell you what, Charles, I was ready to fight after the game. <laughs> I mean, I was just ready to grab somebody. But hey, <laughs> but, hey Alcorn was, was the best team uh, on those two times. But uh, guess what, Chris? You've, you've given it back to him the last two times you played. So. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate the time. Chris, um, best of luck, fall camp, this 2023 season. And as they always say, go Jags. Go Jags. Thank you, sir. That was Chris Davis, cornerback. And our our next guest, and let me pull pull it up, Gerald Huggins. He has an outstanding bio. 
and then we'll go to a timeout. But I, I'm going to pull it up, uh, Charles. Here's some of the things that he's done. And I actually found out about him through the Twitter space that they have, Dr. Cavill, um, A.D. Drew, uh, a lot of them participate in it, B.J. Jones. But um, he's a, he was a writer, a writer for HBCU Game Day, Redskin Wire and Panther Wire, coached high school football in New York City from 2021 to 2022, defensive line skills trainer, and a talent evaluator for draft HBCU players. And Chris Davis is, is one of the guys that I saw the, the information they put out um, by HBCU, um, excuse me, draft HBCU players. Also quickly, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. That is interesting, Charles. I've never been to Brooklyn or New York. And um, transferred to Virginia Union in 2012, played three years at Virginia Union, started one, played defensive line and special team. So he knows uh, uh, to how to evaluate talent. So we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, uh, Gerald J. Huggins Jr. joins us for the first time on the Coles Brown Show. Charles, I don't know if I should call him coach. <laughs> I'll decide during the break. We'll be back. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire, 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407 494-1471 494-1471 thamptonlaw.com Nope Nope You want him? Ooh, I like him Quick, the quicker picker-upper Bounty picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you can use less He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus 
personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. This week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Okay, Pat. Okay, I'll call you immediately after the show. Got a text message from Pat Riley. (laughs) I guess there's some big news coming on. I guess uh, he wants to share with me about my Miami Heat. Well, interesting. I'm glad glad you brought that up, Carlos, because it's, you know, free agency. you, you, You see the moving pieces. Hey, you know, Bradley Beal goes to Phoenix. Dame Lillard says he he wants, he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. But then he also said, I read a report this morning, he doesn't want to be a part of a team that's got two or three stars on it. So I don't know what Dame Lillard wants to do. I think Dame Lillard to Miami makes sense. You hear Philadelphia in the mix. You said at, at the last hour, Brooklyn. I uh, That's kind of a stretch for me. I think either Philly or Miami. But if the Heat strike out on Dame Lillard, Considering what they've already lost, what's the Heat team going to look like now? Uh, don't worry about it. I, I will have that team ready. <laughs> you, you don't worry about it. And Pat Riley, <laughs> he, he, he's who he is. He's going to get it ready. Speaking okay. of getting ready, let's go to uh, <laughs> our, our next guest. Oh, boy, Gerald J. Huggins Jr. Joining the show. There, there he is. Going on. Good. Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to the Carlos Brown Show. Good to be here, man. How y'all doing? We're doing well. fine. I just gotta keep Charles from stop trying to be messy here with my <laughs> with my Miami Heat, my NBA team. By the way, Gerald, do do you have a, a NBA team? Yeah, I uh, I root uh, for uh, my my Knicks and my Nets, and then um, I am a Magic fan. Believe it or not, I've been rocking with the Magic since '01. It was a. It, I was playing NBA Live, and I just like, oh man, like I love this. <laughs> and that's just, I became a Magic fan, and we had a really good run. We just trying to, we've been slowly trying to get back. But I think yes, yes. I see. Oh, I can see the comments. Oh yeah, Magic. I'm a Magic fan from Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody say, man. Hey, 
but believe it or not, when Shaq was there, I was a Orlando Magic fan. Then we went to the Lakers. I was a Lakers fan. And then he went to the Heat. So you were happy. <laughs> but I stayed at the Heat. I, and I really did. So, uh, Charles, I, I, I'll share with you what Pat says uh, <laughs> a, a, a little bit uh, later. But, um, Gerald, I uh, mean, boy, you've done a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is great. Um, look, I, I'm looking at the bio. Again, uh, I mentioned a writer for HBCU Game Day, but I also saw on here somewhere, let's see, ESPN? Yeah, that was right out of college. Yeah. So I worked with the um, – so my, my my senior year, well, my super senior year, I um, I worked with ESPN uh, – I didn't work with ESPN. I was working with the uh, commanders. Well, they used to be called the Redskins. I used to work with the commanders, and I was also the undergraduate assistant – defensive line coach at Virginia Union. So I would travel back and forward between Washington and uh, Richmond just to, you know, get my internship stuff. I knew I wasn't going professional. So I was like, okay, throughout college, I always had internships during the summer before I went back to school for workouts and stuff like that. So I had a pretty good resume coming out of college as an athlete. So um, that's one thing I always advocate for guys, you know, if you can, man, get some internship skills, get some jobs under your belt, you know, boost up your resume because you never know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, that was good. And then at the ESPN, I don't think I told you, I went to Clark Atlanta University as well for my uh, master's. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. so that was another thing I did as well. And, and your undergrad, um, Virginia Union? Mm-hmm, yep, Virginia Union. Yeah, I know a little bit about Virginia Union, although I'm in the deep, deep south. Um, <laughs> uh, but but, but in, in, impressive. And, and a talent evaluator for draft HBCU players. Talk about that because, you know, Everything is impressive, but that one, that stuck out to me because this is a guy, me and you, that can evaluate talent. And um, let's just talk about that, um, so draft was, HBCU. So it was started by uh, two gentlemen, um, one from Virginia State and one from Morgan State, uh, Malik Obi and Tim. So those two guys started uh, draft HBCU players. I used to see them tweet. You know, just tweeted every now and again, like drafted a few players. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I, you know, I never really, you know, did too much with it. I was like, okay, that's cool. I was working with HBCU game day. I was working, um, what was I? I was in grad school. You know, I was just focused on my, my, uh, my grad school was tough. I'm not gonna lie, it was the toughest two years, one of the toughest two years of my life. But uh, that was my focus at the time. Um, I love football, but I had to take a step away. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes you, I played since I was six years old and I stopped abruptly pretty much at 21. So, I just needed a break. So I took some time for football, and but I just kept seeing that draft HBCU players, draft HBCU players. And I'm like, okay, this is all right. I got to talk to him. So I was just talking to the guy named Malik. And I just said, hey, man, anything I could do to help, this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever you need, I'm here to help. And then we, and my dad went to Morgan State. He's a Hall of Fame linebacker in Morgan State. So me and him connected off of that. He went to Morgan State as well. And it just we just hit the ground running. Uh, I've been the, that's why I love this class this year because this is like the first class. I mean, I remember them when they were young. Like this, is, I started doing working with a draft HCU in 2021. So this is two years ago, almost three seasons ago, mm-hmm. guys. So I know a lot of these guys at the back of my hand. So this is my favorite class. Like this class right here. I mean, last year's class was fun. Don't get me wrong, love those guys too. But this class here is is special. A lot of these guys. They've been at HBCUs for four plus years. Um, a lot of these guys have a lot of accolades. A lot of people are looking at these guys. A lot of growth I've seen from these guys, and I'm, 
you know, what we do, I mean, full transparency, I don't think people really understand how impactful draft HBCU players is for the players that we cover. I mean, we work with the Nias Williams Award that just came out last year. Um, Khalil Baker, he ended up getting that award. Uh, so they reached out to us and asked us, you know, assist them with, you know, selecting who will win the inaugural, you know, um, an Aeneas Williams Award for the best FCS HBCU uh, defensive back. And so we did that and we worked with the Shrine Bowl. We partnered with the Shrine Bowl. We have four guys in the, in the Shrine Bowl. Uh, all those guys ended up um, on training camp rosters except for one. Um, and for the most part, man, we are pretty much in con- we're in contact with people that make a lot. Of- <laughs> Just call a spade a spade. We in contact with people that make decisions that are critical to our guys. A lot of decisions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, you know, I guess it's just me, just a, a little off top, but this is just from a personal staff. I feel like the, the universities don't really, I mean, they know about us, but they don't know about us. And it's like, there's an opportunity there that I always want to highlight that if all the HBCU football, all HBCU football programs would just, you know, look and like come see and right. into us, you know, this could be something big and we could really help each other out. But I'm a New Yorker, so I'm just we, we hustle. So this is what I'm gonna do, and I, I love to do it. Our guys need the reports because you know, call spade a spade. Some people don't want to go scout a guy in Alcorn. Some people don't want to go scout a guy. So some people don't want to go to Delaware State, but we don't mind. So and I and I'll do it. All I have to do is I ask the coach for film. Say, hey, coach, I'm a draft HBCU players. I just want to break down your players, scout them, and market them properly. And for the most part, it's good reception. I know Coach Dooley definitely responds. Kind of hard getting in contact with Alcorn State. I don't know. Phones don't work for me. Maybe because it's from a Brooklyn number. I don't know if y'all work, 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 work on that, Charles. <laughs> yeah. but, but trust me, it's all love for Alcorn. Alcorn has a really has a, actually has a solid play that I really like that we'll get into, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all the, the for the most part, they send film. They love what we do. I just wanted to take another step. So I just want to get that out the way before we continue. Well, I, I, I appreciate it, Charles. And, uh, you know, you're looking at communications between um, draft HBCU players and Gerald Huggins and, and, and the whole team over there. It could be a great win-win situation as far as with, you know, uh, the HBCUs and, and, and helping each other. So I hopefully it will continue uh, that communication uh, to get better. Now, now Gerald, mm-hmm. now, can I call you coach or should I just oh, call you? Call, you call me Gerald. Okay, <laughs> okay Gerald. Um, this upcoming class mm-hmm. that you're going to uh, uh, somebody says the phone doesn't work after 6 p.m. at all. Corn. Okay, <laughs> a- Adrian, now come on, Adrian. You, <laughs> Respect. <laughs> well, I know Coach McNair is real busy. He's kind of like a quiet person. He seems like it. He yeah, I've gotten, a, I've gotten a chance to talk with him, and 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 I was almost shocked. He he opened up very well at Swag Media Day. But anyway, back to um, draft HBCU players in the upcoming draft. Who are some players? that you can highlight for us right now that uh, will hopefully have a great chance to uh, make it to, to the next level. Well, so far, um, this is just preliminary. This is just my spring and summer scouting. Uh, but as of right now, I have 
two guys that I will say have a legitimate draft grade on them. Uh, that's Aneem Donkwa, 6'8", 360-pound, offensive tackle, left tackle, can play guard as well, can play right tackle yeah. for Howard University. Um, and I also have someone that I'm pretty sure y'all know very well, uh, Sundiata Anderson, uh, the edge rusher mm-hmm. from Ramblin State. Uh, yeah. He's all 6'5", with arms, as my mom would say, your arms so long you can scratch your knees standing up. <laughs> length. <laughs> yeah, he has arm length. He has explosiveness off the line. Uh, he's working really hard on getting some more counter moves. He has to work on some strength things, but the bend at that size, to be able to twitch the motor. I mean, he's a guy that's going to chase the ball 40 yards down the field and stay on the field and next play he'll get a tackle for loss. That's what you like to see. But I'm learning more. As I learn, I have some mentors in the scouting realm. And I want people to understand, definitely for HBCU people, because I know last year was very disappointing for some. Yeah. Most, even for me, because I'm still learning. But then when I really learn how they view things and how they view players in general, definitely from lower levels, it's like, okay, traits and athleticism, overproduction, for the most part. It's like, okay, like Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State got drafted Why? He wasn't the most productive player on Jackson State, and he wasn't the most he wasn't the best defensive back in the SWAC or black college football. However, he is a six foot two, two hundred pound nickel corner that could also return the ball and a forty inch vert, four three forty, freak athlete. So they're going to be like, okay, well, listen, he's versatile, he's athletic, he could fit my scheme, and you know he's in the he's with the Patriots, so they love versatile people in the Patriots. They that's their thing. You have to be able to do multiple things or play for the Patriots. So on the defense side of the ball, so and I just want to put one more. Oh, so yeah, someone did mention that. So I, I always want to put this out there. I don't want to make this a big. thing. It's not really a big thing, but it definitely helps when you're an FBS transfer. They usually give those guys a little more, of course, attention, mm-hmm. even if they don't produce as much. But is that, hey, I, they did, if you had reps at an FBS school and you moved down, like James Houston, you know, if you do move that, if you have FBS uh, reps and then you move down, but he dominated. So even though he didn't have the prototypical size of an edge rush at 6'1, he had 81 inch arms, which is really, that's long arms for someone 6'1. So, yeah. and he was 230 pounds and he had Ben. Like his Ben was, as you can see, the Ben translated. The twitchiness translated. The versatility translated when he got to the NFL. So that's what they want to see. And when you look at Aneem Donkwa, you have a guy that's 6'8", a fluid mover at offensive tackle. Now, he has some leverage issues, clearly, because he's six foot eight. But once he gets his hands on you and he runs his feet, you know, chances are there's nothing you could do. Um, he has a really smooth kick step. Uh, his jump set is vicious because when he gets the long arms and he punches out on you, it'll stifle you at the top of your rush. Um, he's pretty solid with his combination blocking. Uh, he doesn't go upfield too often. I saw him go when he, um, the first time I really saw, I saw him in person, I was like, yo, this kid is all 6'8", 360. But he's not, he's not a fat looking kid. He's solid. Uh, he told me the other day he put up 28 bench reps with those long arms and size. That's, that's solid for someone that with long arms. They usually try to give him a little leeway if you have long arms, but if you're putting up 30 plus, which he will, and he's a squatter. And he played. He has versatility across the line of scrimmage too, and he's smooth, big hands, big strong hands. They like that. They're gonna give him a shot because they're like, listen, I can work with six eight three sixty. That's athletic, mm-hmm. you know. But if you have a six three, offensive tackle, that's 
some athleticism, even though he might be, you know, uh, he might have produced very well in college. It's just like, okay, where do I put you? You know, sometimes being too versatile could be a problem, but I love versatility. So, uh, but I try to, I leave my personal, my personal feelings out of my scouting. It's just like, what do I see? Is this what I see? So I don't want anybody to be like, there's only two guys that have a grade. Well, yeah, two guys have a grade, which is not bad considering we had one guy drafted last year. So mm. this, is, this is just preliminary. Now, when the season starts and we start seeing people ball, we playing and we have a lot of our guys that I have in this little booklet I have right here. So my lovely, my lovely girlfriend made a, a booklet for me to put all my scouting notes in. So I always want to shout out her. She keeps me in order because I've stuff all over the place. That's smart. Look, that's that's smart because if Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> so well, listen, once Wifey said, "Hey, listen, this my birthday. It's like a birthday gift too." I was like, "Oh, it's perfect." So um, I have all my notes in here. So I have another. I have two pages. I have one page for the 2022 notes, another for the 2023 notes. So uh, 2021 stuff I already have in another book that I'm. Actually, I'm still trying to look for. It's somewhere in this room. Um, but uh, there's some guys that's on a fringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if there are any guys in particular, you will maybe. Well, let's see. How so about who, Howard? At, Howard at Alcorn. Okay, how? Let's see. Howard at Alcorn. Running back. Al, Al, oh well, Howard has. Oh yeah, yeah. That's he's my running back one. Well, in FCS anyway, the best running back in black college football is Jada Byers from Virginia Union. Just putting that out there. But. The next best running back and the best running back in the FCS is Jared Hunter. Jared Hunter, about 5'10". Well, when they put 5'11 on the website, I usually knock us inch down Mm -hmm. because they, you know how that goes. So I'm going to say about 5'10", solid 205. Oh, man. Let's see. Where do I start? He's very agile. Um, He's probably not going to run you over. Uh, He may be able to grind out some extra yardage after contact. It's possible, but he likes to make you miss. Um, he has the quickness and he has the acceleration to bounce out the gap and hit the sideline and turn into a big game as well, which he has done. I think he had like a set. His longest was 79. Um, he has good acceleration. I think he has pretty above average speed. I think he'll hit about a 449, 45-ish, which is not bad, but he's a shuttle guy. He's a quicker guy. He's lateral. He's twitchy. And for his stature, he's still pretty solid in the pass game as a, um, as a pass protector. Um, he has a good feel for where the blitz is coming from. And then if the offensive lineman misses, he knows who to get when to get him. Um, he may have some slight lapses in there. Just, just due to sheer size. And when you have a mm-hmm. really, you know, there's always that one linebacker that just, that's what they thrive in. We just want to run straight forward as fast as we can and hit whoever they see. He may struggle with that guy sometimes, but he has really solid form when he when it comes to him. He has really solid uh, balance when it comes to his pass blocking. And out the backfield, he's the best uh, receiving back in HBCU football. He actually might be one of the best in the country. Mm. Uh, yeah, he could, he could run every. He could run. I think he could run the route tree. I honestly, I I foresee with the new offensive coordinator, don't be surprised if he line him up in the slot sometimes. Just give him some versatility because linebackers can't cover him one on one. Well, that's inter- interesting. That, that just reminds me of uh, Quarles, who was for Alabama A and M, now at Southern, and they got him listed as like running back and slot. Um, Quarles is he was my he was one of my favorites. I remember when I first started watching him. Um, he's another one. Like if, if Jared Hunt is the best receiving back, then Quarles is definitely top three, four, probably three, top five. I like the kid from uh, North Carolina Central as well as a receiving back. Um, 
he's more of a screen guy. Uh, he's probably not going to do too many routes, you know, but it's not part of their offense. Um, but with Garrett, with Jared Hunter, um, he's running, he's running seams. He's running wheels. You might catch him run a hitch, slant, something other arrow route, angle. It's just, he could do it all. So I hope they continue to use his versatility. Now, let's say they have a, they have the best running back room at HBCU football. I'm, they, they, they have Wheeler, him, and Eden James. All three of them could be a start running back on any other HBCU program, any FCS program, my personal opinion. And they all some kind of have similar traits. They could pretty much catch out the backfield. Uh, I think Wheeler is a little – I think – no, let me see. Wheeler is a tougher tougher runner, but people need to understand, Eden James runs behind his pass too. He's young. He, maybe it's because he don't know any better, or maybe he's just – that's just how he play, but he will run you over if you let him. Um and I, he didn't get many opportunities to catch out the backfield, but he can. Um, so those are, for running back-wise anyway, I'll just continue since we're talking about Alcorn. Let's go to my boy Howard. Mm-hmm. Howard is actually more shifty than I expected when I, when I really started watching this tape. Uh, he could bounce out the gap. He does have some lateral quickness as well. Um, but he's a bell cow. I don't know if that was by, by – I don't know if these sh- – Duffy just kind of – I like – I just want those – Duffy was like, okay, where, I was just wondering where – I just felt like that would have been a way better tandem than just like feeding Howard and then eventually people were like, well, mm. you're going to put 15 in the box, good luck, because I'm just like, I'm not – we're not going to lose to Howard. Like, we're not going to let Howard be the one. Now, granted, he still did a very good job of finding scenes, which he's good at. He's very patient. Um, there are times where – you know, he may get a little antsy and just see, you know, if he sees the, sees the gap, he might not try and work, work for too much extra yardage. But when he's able to see, when he's able, when his offensive line is able to get that movement, I think they had, well, Michael Moment's not there anymore, but they had uh, the kid Reed, really big kid, Deontay Reed. He's huge. I don't know. He looked three, he looked 380 pounds. That boy looks huge. But he's able to move people. So once a, once Howard has that, that he has vision, he's able to move and he gave will see and he could bounce outside, he will do it. Um solid speed, he'll probably give you about four or five. You know, uh he's a, another one FBS guy, you know, that work, went down and what we like to see from Syracuse. We we want to exactly you see us now first. Syracuse, this year, that's another thing about Syracuse. Like we have all this talent in New York and they went all the way to I, where's Jarvion Howard from? He's from deep. I think he's deep. Another deep South kid. I'm not mistaken. He's from, he's from Mississippi. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Syracuse, yeah. Syracuse, Syracuse recruiting in Mississippi, which is fine because he, Mississippi ain't recruiting in New York. But that's just, that's just <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know Jarvion Howard. I like him. Like I think if he was given more opportunity, if you get more opportunity to catch the ball in the backfield, I feel like he could be very dynamic. Um, it's just not his. It's not. It's just not in the game plan. But I think given being able to get him out in space or just giving those touches to Duffy, who Duffy's still there, if I'm not mistaken, correct? This should be a top five running back room in HBCU football. If they, I'm not saying we could get Jarvion Howard to 1,000 yards, but let's probably do it on not, let's not do it close to 300 carries. Let's try to get that maybe like huh. give him 150 carries, you know, and then let's get Duffy about. 65, but give him about 30, 30 uh, touches to, uh, through the air. You know, maybe get Jarvion on a couple 10 to, 10 to 20 targets. You know, just mix it up. You know, you well, got to help, you know, you help the quarterback out a little bit. I, well, I, well, to your point, that's exactly what Fred McNair, if, if one thing he would redo from this past season, 
Jarvion Howard, and he told me this on one of his shows, Jarvion Howard had way too many carries. <laughs> way too many carries. He admitted that. And so to your point, you are exactly right about that. And he was the bell cow, definitely. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when you almost rushed for 300 yards against Stephen F. in that first game, you know, you, you definitely will be that. I, I have a question for you as far mm-hmm. as from a fan's perspective. You know, we always talk about getting more players drafted and you have the pro day and now you got the legacy bowl. Mm-hmm. What's what's the misconception from a fan's perspective when a fan has a, has an idea of a player like this guy's pretty good for whatever team, whether me, X-Wack, mm-hmm. you know, why didn't his name get called or why weren't the opportunities there? What's kind of the misconception that, you know, for me and maybe other fans just aren't seeing? You talk about the time, you mm-hmm. talk about the reps, the four three, the four four, whatever it is. What 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 are we as fans missing in terms of why we think players should mm-hmm. get drafted but don't? What 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 are we missing here? So let me start with a, a thing that my personal gripe. The scheduling has to be. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's more ins and outs to the scheduling, but the scheduling has to be attractive to the players and it has to be attractive to the scouts. It's like, listen, Southern played against LSU last year. Now, granted, it might have been like two players on the team that had games that were worthy of like, okay, he could hang with LSU. The other players, they just showed that, oh wow, you want to, you're this, this is who you're gonna go against the next level, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So that's my first thing. So like how, like the MIAC, you know, due to sketch, due to the numbers, they have the ability to have better out of conference scheduling. So they usually have an FBS opponent every year. South Carolina State has made a great thing where. They're going to play someone in South Carolina for the most part. Well, at least since I've been watching, they're going to play Clemson or South Carolina every year. Or they're going to play a UCF. They're going to play some school, some FBS program every year. And you know what happens? They have a player that dominates in the game. That's when you have a Darius Leonard. That's when you have a Thomas. So South Carolina State had like a six-year run where they had a defensive player of the year in the MEAC, which is – and those guys all went to the NFL. So – that's my first thing. Scheduling matters. So, yes, like, like I know, you know, I'm not even going to do that because I, that that fan base, I, I just don't need that today. No, no, but, no, go, go, go ahead. Because uh, uh, somebody, somebody in the chat room, uh, they, they mentioned something about um, don't include A&T as an HBCU where they can all start. Watch us work. I, I have to include A&T because it's just, I, I, I listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a MEAC guy, but I'm CIAA too. But people that know those are connected. So I'm a CIAA MEAC guy, but I've always had love for Grambling because my dad used to tell me stories about how he played Grambling. So all that to tie in to say, I love all my HBCU programs. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be honest when I say it. If you're not playing top tier talent on your schedule, it's going to be hard. Now, granted, and, and, you know, that's my biggest thing with like JSU scheduling. You know, I just really wanted to see them go against a top team, you know, just an FBS opponent. And I mean, I know they went to, uh, what was that, ULM? Well, yeah, yeah ULM. Monroe. Yeah. Yeah. And they and, could have won that game. They should have won that game. Like, yeah. but, and that's my thing. Like, you want to see our top guys go against top guys. That's why getting into the Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, CGS Bowl, Hula Bowl, those bowl and NFLPA Bowl. That's why it's important. That's why we have to continue to make sure our guys are being put out there to say, hey, listen, you need to have them on your list. Just just look them. Just, just check them out. You never know what's going to happen. And listen, it works out. 
So basically the scheduling thing is tough. And then honestly, some kids are just, they don't have the, the prototype and the athleticism that teams want. Some teams have this criteria that they, they, they have for their players that they want. Some literally want a six foot three plus 250 pound plus uh, defensive end. And if you don't fit that particular size requirement, sometimes it just might not be a good fit. Sometimes they just know they could get a good HBCU player later on. I mean, it's a lot of things that go into it. But I think mostly it's just traits and it's the traits and athleticism that kind of just sets a lot of our guys back. A lot of our guys are really solid players for college football, but that doesn't make them a good professional prospect. And I think they just need to be – some people just need to be okay with it. You know, some people just need to be honest with their process and just be, just be thankful that they were able to play – I mean, they play in Division One football for the most part, which is big because everybody can't do it. Only 6% of mm-hmm. high school athletes go to play college football in general. So you should just be happy, you know what I mean, and work hard and just be at home with your process and just be just, – just, just enjoy being a college athlete because sometimes, you know, it just – it may not be for you. And, and that's not a slight. It's just that, hey, listen, we just don't have a, a ton of – we don't have 100 professional prospects in the HBCU football realm. But we do have legit 20. Now, they're, out of those 20-plus, some are overlooked, and that's what I'm for. That's what Malik is for. That's what y'all guys are for. That's what we're all here for. We're here to pump our guys. So I just think good football players in college don't always translate into being good football players in pros. You just you see the trend now. Look at uh, what happened with, Rich, uh, with uh, Richardson that just got drafted. His production was very <laughs> – minuscule to say the least but they they have traits he had traits he's a he's an athlete he has an arm they call it he can make nfl throws they just feel like it's some mechanical issues that he has so they feel like they can fix him that's why i believe davis richard has a shot uh-huh. he's very similar you know he might not be the the athlete per se but he's definitely the running threat that he is and he has a solid throwing motion it's just that certain mechanical things mess up his uh, his accuracy on intermediate and short throws, but it's there. You know, he has the leadership ability. When he was down at JSU in that uh, celebration bowl, he ain't look. For, he just, he just, all right, let's let's go play. That's what you want to see from your quarterback. When they yeah. were down at Campbell, he's like, all right, let's play. You know, I mean, they were there were some games where it was tough, but he just had he kept that cool demeanor. When they played Tennessee Tech in that last drive, they had to win the game. He just showed up. So those things you, you like to see. That's why I like. So that's why I like Richard is on the fringe for me right now. It's just the accuracy and the the throwing the uh, the mechanics just kind of like take him from like a maybe a sixth seventh to like a preferred free agent, which is not you know it's it's literally like three round difference. You know, but, six, is, seven, mm-hmm. but is that something if, if drafting that can be worked on, or he can you know work on that? going into this upcoming season. And also, listening to you, I'm thinking about Akil Glass. Yes. Coming out of, I, I mean, to me, mm-hmm. you're the scout, mm-hmm. but he, he pushed all of the the bells and whistles as far mm-hmm. as from a physical standpoint mm-hmm. and an IQ. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of shocked that he, you know, didn't even in the in in, you know, late round. But your thoughts on that? I think we're – it's funny. We're transitioning to – I'm a big Cam Newton fan, and I know before mm-hmm. Cam Newton, you know, I'm pretty sure y'all know the 
the Randall Cunningham days, the Cordell Stewart days, and even before that, you know, we've we've shunned the mobile quarterback. And now, if you're not mobile, nobody even looking your way. Yeah, it's, and this, yeah. that's just that's just the way. And I just Glass was, <laughs> for lack of a better term, he was kind of a statue in the pocket. That's mm-hmm. just, but I'm but granted, it worked for him. He's you could argue he's one of the top ten greatest HBCU quarterbacks that ever played. Because he can I'll make argue. all the throws. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, and I'm going to say it. I, I don't know who wouldn't have him in the top 10, but that's fine. That's what arguments are for. Everybody can make a list. But he he was – we all loved him. I love watching him play. Um, he's in the USFL right now. He's still – I mean, he has some mechanical things he could work on too, but he could make all the throws. But, you know, it's just sometimes, you know, that pressure – Pressure made him look, got him off balance, and you know, having, being able to make off platform throws, which is another thing that people love to do now. Like, that's a big thing. Being able to throw off platform, it's the Mahomes effect. But before Mahomes, it was so many other quarterbacks threw off platform. I think my my when I first started watching football, the guy named y'all know Fran Tarkenton. So that yeah. was like the king of off platform throwing. You know, uh, so when you look at the off platform throws, that was a big thing as well. So you need to be able to make throws off platform. And you have to be able to make those in structure, uh, with the instruction. Um, you got to have the leadership qualities. And, you know, you just got to be – You got your accuracy has to be – I'm not saying it has to be flawless. Drew Brees, 70-plus percent, which is – I mean, that's pretty rare anyway. That's hard. Like You don't 70-plus percent consistently through the air, completion percentage. And also some completion percentage stats are a little skewed. You know what I mean? It's not really – because, I mean – Look at like I know Davis Richard, his um adjusted his adjusted completion percentage was almost 10% due to the fact they had 20 drops last year from his receivers. So, mm. so yeah. there's a lot of things that but do you throw a throwable ball? Like, I mean, sorry, do you throw a catchable ball? So that's what they really want to see. Is it catchable? Now, if you're you're sailing it over the head or it's in the dirt consistently, then you just don't have the accuracy. Richard is get, he's throwing catchable balls. It's just sometimes they just they may be a little inaccurate just due to just slight honestly for me it's just bringing the hit with his throws more that's all because he's strong he's throwing a lot of that with upper body similar to what cam newton used to do uh all upper body but when he brings his hips into his throws as you can see he's that first throw in the celebration bowl he can do that consistently i mean that was a dart on the line on a rope just and landed right in the spot uh, right right in the basket so um i know you said uh howard anybody else from howard i I like who I'm a big I'm a big fan of Quentin Williams, even though he everybody says the same thing. It's like when he's on, he's on, but he makes that one throw. You just like <laughs> all right, Q. All right. But he knows it too. I talked to him when I went up there to uh went up there to watch the spring practices. He knows he knows what he's up against. You know, he knows what he's up against. He's going to, he's in the same conference as uh, what people were pretty much just saying, listen, Richard's gonna run the table again. He's in that. He's in the same conference as him, you know. Um, oh, well, sorry. Let me. Well, just, I'm gonna get to that southern one. Then I'm uh, talk yeah. About I'm we, we have yeah. about five minutes, and we have to wrap up this segment. But you know, oh, no, you're, you're we're, fine. We're, we're we're gonna get you back. Yeah, I, I see the comments. Does Southern yeah. have any uh, NFL? So I'm gonna say for this year, um, I'm not sure. about I don't know. Does Jordan Carter have another year? Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm if not sure did, if he's a senior. He may be. Okay. Well, I'm pretty. 
I feel like he doesn't have. I feel like he has another year. So I, I have him as twenty five, but I'll have to look again. He might be twenty four. So I've been working on the twenty. You're, you're probably right. Yeah, I've been working on the twenty four kids, but I will say, I will say, y'all had him on the show earlier. Chris so, Davis. I love. I love that kid though. I mean, it's all six two plus. Oh, Jordan Carter has another year. Perfect. So that just makes this defensive secondary look even better. They have another kid from uh from Bowie that transferred in. He didn't play last year because he got hurt. Uh, yeah. So Southern's they're fine in the back end. I'm not worried about Southern in the back end. So I believe y'all still have Givens, correct? Please mm-hmm. tell me. Oh, okay. Okay. You'll so be a cook- sophomore. Oh yeah, we cooking with grease. All right, so y'all good. Y'all good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chris Dodd Davis, he's he's my. <laughs> I like tall corners. Maybe it's a bias. I just when you sick, he's like six two, about wiry, kind of one eighty five, one ninety build, similar to the kid that got drafted out of Fayetteville State. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, very similar. What they like to see from them tall guys? Are you twitchy? Can you move? Can you mirror and match in man coverage? Can are you fluid in zone coverage? Do you have good eyes? Can you recognize route combinations? Can you tackle? Are you how are you against the run? Now he's not. I don't. I from the tape I've seen, he doesn't seem like he takes a lot of business decisions, and I love that. I love that mm-hmm. because too many corners just they just can't tackle. Some don't want to. Some can't. He can tackle. He'll miss occasional few, but that's the DBs. I, DBs miss tackles. I don't know many DBs that don't miss tackles, but for the most part, he's in phase. He has good recovery speed. He has a long stride, but I love his twist. I love his lateral quickness. I love his lateral quickness. And he, I'm going to actually, I actually posted, did I? Yeah, I actually posted a video of him guarding uh, this receiver from uh, FAMU. And he was just able to mirror him. And then he was able to break. Like, he does that consistently. Now, sometimes he'll he'll bite a little bit, get caught, you know, give him a little bit of inside. But like I said, every DB, <laughs> I'm, I love DBs, but I like to talk trash about DBs because I'm a defensive lineman. Because it's like, man, I'm trying to get here and y'all can't just give me one extra second. One extra second. So I always had that, that love hate for DBs, but DBs gonna get beat. But it's like after you get beat, what are you gonna do the next play? So that's a big thing. So um I like uh Chris Don Davis a lot. He's probably he's like my favorite player on Southern right now. Um and then uh, you know, uh, of course Quarles, he's well, he was my favorite running back in 2021. So that doesn't just go away. Um so Southern definitely has some good talent. Um, selfishly, I would love to see Noah start because <clears throat> he's from New York City. But you know, <laughs> what can you do? You know, I, I you know, and I always want I want to give a shout out to Coach Dooley because he's been very good with communication. You know, if I really need him, I say, Coach, I need some film. Like, I got you. I need him anything. So I, I want to just shout out Coach Dooley for that because um, it means a lot. Because you know, he don't have to answer the call. Like draft HBCU, uh, he answers the call. So. Um, uh, outside of that, we have some good players. I'll wrap it up. We have some good players. Um, we have a lot of guys that play in FBS schools this year. Uh, I dropped the article about that. So you can check us out on drafthbcuplayers.com um, in our blog. I have an app. We play some really good We play some good uh, teams this year. Um, and a lot of guys that's on the fringe of being an NFL roster prospect or a second-tier league, maybe they can make their money. Just go, just go Grambling. You got LSU. Central, y'all got UCLA, and UCLA is a it's a beatable team. They have a really stacked defensive line, but it's a beatable team. If you watch the Alabama State film, you would understand that. Alabama State, they gave UCLA everything they could ask for. It's just 
it just got a little messy towards it. And that's how most of our games go, honestly. We start off well. It's just that them them halftime adjustments, man. We we yeah. you know, we get a little beat to sleep with the halftime adjustments. But um I appreciate coming on, man. This is great. Uh you have me anytime. Um I will invite yeah. you again pretty soon. And uh <laughs> we'll we'll and um with football season coming up as well, we will uh, love to network with you. I uh, appreciate the time. Yes. We'll have you on again. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Appreciate oh, you, brother. Thank you, man. You have a good rest of your day, okay? All <laughs> right. Thank you. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, it'll be more of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown show right here on the black college sports network. Um, had a chance to visit with uh, Jean Lee Batris, executive uh, director of major league baseball and major league baseball professors association earlier, uh, of course, of the HBCU Swingman classic and the youth development foundation. Here is uh, some of that conversation between uh, Gene 
myself and, and Charles. Network, uh, we're going to uh, talk with uh, Jean Lee Batris, Executive Director of Major League Baseball Players Association and Youth Developmental Foundation. Coming up, there's Ms. Jean Lee Batris. Good afternoon, Ms. Batris, and welcome to the Carlos Brown Show. Hello, Carlos. How are you doing? Doing fine here in, on a Friday afternoon, the last day of uh, June. Jean, let's get right into it. Um, what inspired the initiative between Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association Youth Development Foundation to create the inaugural HBCU Swingman Baseball Classic? I always love this question. You know, two years ago, um, our global ambassador of the Youth Development Foundation, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, was speaking to myself, Major League Baseball, and the Players Association um, about a concept of elevating HBCU players on a national platform. And, you know, Jr. is a very passionate person in this area of helping kids, right? And that's why he's our ambassador. But he was in a special position to witness his father giving so much back to this wonderful game. You know, being a kid in the dugouts, on the field. Um, and as you know, he was such a successful player himself and it's his time to give back. And recognizing how expensive it is to access the game, uh, needing to have more underrepresentation in the game, there was, you know, a great calling and need to say, we need to have this HBCU Swingman Classic named after him and what a better place than to have it at the All-Star Week. Who are some of the uh, people who have helped uh, putting this event uh, together besides Ken Griffey Jr.? Well, it's a lot of hard work and sweat, but it's the Youth Development Foundation under my leadership, Major League Baseball, my colleagues there, and the Players Association, which is the union side. Um, this is truly a co-operated initiative, and, and it's housed under the Youth Development Foundation. So we have scouts involved, um, really wonderful people you'll see on the field, such as you know Hall of Famer Andre Dawson, who, as you know, came from an HBCU, Golden Spikes winner Ricky Weeks, Vince Coleman, Marquise Grissom. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic list, um, but a lot of people had their hands in this to make this dream come true. Charles? Yeah, um, we appreciate you coming on with us. That's a very nice backdrop, by the way, the HBCU Classic backdrop. I, I really, really like that backdrop. Need to get a copy of that uh, that down the road. Uh, you know, for the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and we talk about it on this show often, uh, one of the things we start with is the softball tournament where it has been uh, it has taken off by leaps and bounds. And, of course, you deal with the baseball side of it. Talk a little bit about that and just the development of these players in terms of how the classic and, and how this this helps development for baseball players as well as the sport of softball. Well, you know, the Youth Development Foundation is about baseball and softball. Um, you know, when I came in as the first executive director to build this up for the entire industry, and that's very unique compared to the other professional leagues, you don't see this type of partnership. And it's because both sides care so much about the kids and developing this game and keeping it alive. So Youth Development Foundation has given out more than $25.1 million in the past few years, um, impact over 40 states and, you know, through 270 grants and counting. But this game specifically is going to raise the profile of these young men 
um, and, and to really showcase that HBCU schools have strong baseball programs. And too often we see scouts that are bypassing and not recognizing the talent, but we already know. I mean, I named some of the greatest of the greats, right? Um, and, and they made it to Major League Baseball. So if a kid is tuning in on July 7th to watch these players under the lights and, you know, Junior's going to be in both dugouts, coaching the kids, you know, having a few laughs, you know, working out with them. <laughs> Um, it's going to inspire other people who look like these players and say, you know what, I can do it too. I want to be one of these 50 players and also make it to the all-star game. And I'd love to work with these coaches. And, and I think that can be translated to softball as well. Um, you know, both sports are very important to us. You know, we, we, we talk on this show often and it's been talked about through social media, through our fan base, not only in the SWAC, but HBCUs about trying to get or elevate players to the next level, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, or even in Major League Baseball. So, you know, just just, just talk about that aspect of it, because we, we cover these teams, we cover these young men and women, and we talk to them, we interview them, we know they want to get to the next level, they want to have the opportunity. So talk about how that opens up so many more doors and avenues to be showcased, just like this event, and to continue that, to build on that? That's a really great question you have, Charles, and it's it's why we exist. Our mission is to increase access, you know, both recreationally and through elite development play. Um, so aside from this showcase game, you might have heard of the Hank Aaron Invitational, where we mm -hmm. have 250 young men. But if you look at our track record, right, we've had like over 40 alum playing in professional baseball, more than 900 retained in this game at some level, whether it's collegiate or beyond. And this HBCU Swingman Classic, it was always the dream of Junior and myself to make it more than just baseball. And you know, this game, you can learn so much on the field, but also off the field. So that coach can be a mentor. And so we have three days of activities plan where these young men are going to, you know, attend a coaches and leadership panel. Um, they'll be speaking to the chairman of the Mariners, learning about career opportunities, leadership, giving back, um, doing some of their own volunteer work at Playball Park. And we know that not all these players will make it into the MLB draft. We're very hopeful that we're going to get some of them in, and we know we will um, because this is returning to every All-Star week. Um, so that's a wonderful thing. But if we can explain that there's other opportunities to stay in our industry in the front of the house, right, become a scout, a manager, um, analytics, you know, that's a huge area Good in our point. Right. Uh, you know what I do, you know, I'm I'm in the position of like league economics and, you know, there's labor relations, lots of interesting careers. Um, so you have to give exposure to young people. And if they can't see and understand what it is, they probably aren't going to tap into it. So this is a educational leadership and philanthropic event for us. You know, that's very interesting, Gene, because um, we talk about talent on the field, playing field. But you're actually, uh, you and the organization are talking about bringing the talent also off the field and, and the many opportunities you have um, to, to get in Major League Baseball and, and probably can, can carry that over to any other business, correct? Ab absolutely. And that's why we you know we just had an announcement today. So T-Mobile is our presenting sponsor. We have Nike and Chevy involved. 
But, you know, T-Mobile, as an example, we're having a winter summit where all these young men are invited back to Seattle in the winter of 2024. And that's so they can have exposure to the company and see the different types of careers and, and meet with HBCU alums that are currently working at the company. So building these bridges are just as important as allowing these guys to play at the highest level, showcasing their talent um, and mentoring them, you know, giving them a leg forward. So uh, really, really exciting. And it's been such a pleasure to talk to some of these young men in advance of the game. Um, we're visiting with... Uh... Uh, Gene Lee, a little bit of the, the interview um, with uh, Gene Lee Batris, Executive Director of Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association and Youth Development Foundation. Of course, uh, they're putting together the HBCU Swingman Baseball Classic, and that's coming up July 7th in conjunction with uh, Major League Baseball All-Star game. It's going to be in, in Seattle. And, of course, you mentioned about Ricky Weeks, Andre Dawson. Um, you, you, they're going to be participating in the game. And this is an opportunity uh, to showcase uh, HBCU baseball and those uh, players' talents. But also it was important that and she mentioned about also business opportunities and networking. Uh, there are careers that um, college graduates can get into as far as on, on the financial part and the business part of sports. With that being said, Charles, we've got uh, a little bit over a minute left to uh, wrap up this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Quickly, closing comments for you, Charles. Hey, I, th I thought it was a really good show today. Got a chance to cover a lot of stuff in terms of, you know, about our players in football getting drafted or not getting drafted, what's going to be the key. Uh, that's gotten conversation in the chat room. You know, quickly, as far as baseball, I had a chance to participate a few years ago, and I think it was in Montgomery, minority baseball prospects. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the guys talked about the opportunities off the field, and he was mentioning that the guy that cuts the grass at some of these ballparks makes $300,000 a year. That's just wow. an opportunity. Yeah, the head grounds crew for, for whatever Yankee Stadium, whatever it is. So it's just, you know, that's just another opportunity as off the field as well as trying to get stuff done on the field. So there are a lot of opportunities out there. Well said. Um, next week's show, we're going to have a couple of special guests. One is going to be a very special guest. And a clue about that will be there was a commitment from the number one player on the JUCO level, tight end, he committed to Southern University. Reached out to him. Also, Dylan Mahotro, transfer quarterback for Southern University, came from UAB. He'll join us next week as well. And then I'm trying to get one of those offensive linemen, Charles. They they're gonna get they need more credit. I'll try to get one of the offensive linemen. Also, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, he'll join us next week. And also Coach Van Petaway. I gotta get okay, Pat. I'm about to call you. <laughs> I, I, I've got to get into this NBA. It's three teams, Philadelphia, <laughs> Brooklyn, and Miami going after Damon 
Lillard. I want to thank all of the guests, Charles Edmund, Willie Todd, Chris Davis, uh, Gerald J. Huggins, Gene Lee Batris, and, of course, Melody, who is probably ready to pull my hair out <laughs> for producing today's show. She's back with us, and uh, we appreciate her. Until next Saturday. Oh, that's a little too early, Charles. <laughs> At 11 a.m., another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Until next time, as always, peace and God bless. Go Jags. Since Charles is going to do the chop, I'm doing the <laughs> Jags.